0: what is up everyone this is episode 259 and this episode features myself and mr tommy hummel uh on this episode of course we talk about will smith and chris rock um also you hear us bring up the fly on the wall podcast with dana carvey and david spade they had a really good episode where they interviewed chris rock uh and then they had a really good episode that was released this week post slap in which they talk about their feelings as two guys that had been bullied a lot growing up. And, and we kind of mentioned the bullying aspect of what happened on this, but it's a real weird night for, uh, the Oscars. It was a real kind of odd show overall. Um, if not very lackluster, up until the slap. But it's certainly made for a monster Twitter conversations, monster social media memes and Facebook and everything like that. And and it made our episode. But uh, when we get done with that, we jump into a shit ton of HBO Max stuff and leave it a little bit, just a little bit of sports talk because, you know, we're in love with Albert coming back to St. Louis. So, having said all that, please listen to the episode. Please go to... Go to whatever podcast device you listen to, whether that's Apple, Spotify, whatever. Leave a comment. Even talking shit on us. Just be clever, and uh, we'll laugh, and it'll help. Also, share, like, all that good stuff. Um, and there are just go to uh, pcbombcast.com, and you can find everything you need there as well. But anyway, I don't have anything else. I'm just going to let the episode play right after the bomb goes off, which is always fairly soon after I say the word Now. Oh, wait, he now browsed out. Okay, that's a little better. I don't know why that, I think that mic might be going out, or it's the okay. cord, I don't know. It's not, I've been blaming it on Jay, and then Bender used it last week, I was like, well, if it's low registration on Bender, <laughs> there is something wrong with it. Um, yeah, so, so good t- trip overall though, you were going, did you guys take the kids? Yeah, I no. Oh, see, we don't... Fuck no, man. Yeah, Fuck them kids. We, we're we getting close to having that option, but we don't have quite have that option. Well, we we have
1: both grandparents here, so that's yeah. why it's easy to dump them all. So we did. they did... Uh, Kelly's mom watched them two nights, and then my parents picked them up and watched
0: them two nights. Well, we're at that weird stage to where we do have... Well, aside from the grandparents that we have are not a really good, like, hey, we'll take them for four or five days. They're not good at that. Yeah. Um, the girls are also at that age to where... They don't want to be there. Like they're not. Like they're young sure. enough. You can keep them entertained, and but not anymore. But, and they do so much. Like you so, guys, you and Missy can do it two nights by ourselves. You oh, we could we could leave the girls here for two three nights easy. Yeah, I mean they'd be fine. Yeah, Hayden probably would be. She. It's not that she gets scared. She just wants us back after a while.
1: Oh yeah, I tell you, that was the best hug Johnny Banana's ever. Given.
0: Oh, there you go. I got a question about. A, not a theory, but a question for you after the podcast All right, about but about bananas, so keep a pin in that. Right. Put a pin in that. Uh, but I guess since we talked a whole lot just then, we might as well say we started the podcast, right? I say. We
1: started, I'm assuming we are. Yeah, that was
0: a cold intro, but we are back, and it is just you and I. There is no Bender, no Jay. Jay... Gave us like a ten percent chance. Yeah, that's a zero percent chance in a podcasting life. Yeah, and he took a red eye and that was like at what, like eight this morning. Who the fuck takes the red eye on the way back? No, that's when you come <laughs> back in like noon. Yeah. They, exactly. So we're going to uh to New York. Okay. They've pushed our flights to get to New York back an hour and they've pushed our by- flights coming back from New York back thirty minutes. Like Okay. Now when they, are you doing this? Uh, Ju- July. We're going to New York. July, July twelfth through the eighteenth. So we're we got to we're gonna, gonna see the Yankees, Red uh, Rays. Okay. Uh, and we're gonna do a whole bunch of other stuff too. We're gonna probably go see the Rockies, Padres out in Colorado in. Uh, no June. We're going to New York. July. We're going to Colorado. Okay. Yeah. When are you going in there? To Colorado. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but it's like Hayden's got a week-long soccer camp that we don't get to hang out with her, only game times, so okay. we're going to go do adult stuff. Well, the
1: reason I ask is, uh, not, that, not that you all want to hear about our private lives, because that's real entertaining podcasting, let me tell you, but uh, Kelly and I think we're going to go out to Colorado with the boys uh, this
0: summer. Uh, we're going to do, I think it's, so the 18th is our anniversary, so we'll be out there the week before that.
1: Okay, We'll put a pin on that and uh, yeah, talk about it, because we can go out at the same time, even if we just hang out one night,
0: it'd be kind of cool. I do know that I have brought a, but this is almost the entire HBO Max episode for me. Everything I've got pop culture-wise to talk about, with the exception of our leadoff, which we, we have to talk about, uh, everything is stuff on HBO Max I watched. I was on vacation last week. We took a staycation. Yeah. Uh, you were on vacation last week. Yes, sir. Tell people where you went.
1: I went to uh, Charleston, South Carolina. I mean, I've never wanted to wave the Dixie flag so bad in my entire life. Kidding. But uh, great weekend for you if you can get away with just you and your lover. Uh, there is now, great- you took your wife, though,
0: right? Uh, oh,
1: yeah, <laughs> zing and walk right into that like a glass yeah. door. Like a glass door. Uh, lot, if you like good food, shopping, and history, it is the place for you. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, didn't eat one bad meal. And we ate everything from Mexican to French to what they call it low country. there. their southern food. Um, what, actually, the most moving thing for me was going on the uh, USS Yorktown, which was a carrier that served in the later part of World War II. Uh, can't help but get emotional when you're going through something like that. Jeremy, yeah. like, you would hate that. Trip. Oh no,
0: we did a, we did an aircraft carrier in San Diego. We did the uh, and it's not made. I was, I was to say I it is not, not made, made for you. I'm not a sailor. I got, I got, you see all the movies where there's that one big guy. That's no, yeah. there's no big guys <laughs> yeah. on the sailboat.
1: I'm 5'7", and I was getting a little claustrophobic. I'm mm. like, how does I go? I told my wife Kelly, like, how does anybody like five eleven? Was it nobody five eleven and above in the Navy? No, and then you got to remember back in the forties. You know, they were represented by the Lollipop Guild.
0: Yeah, people were shorter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Missy had a hard time in certain spots when we went on the... Uh, I believe it. On the uh, whichever... Midway. USS Midway out in uh, San Diego.
1: Uh, uh, on the uh, mid... God, no, The Yorktown. Yorktown. Which, the two coolest things I saw was... One was they have a memorial or kind of a museum for Medal of Honor winners. That's pretty cool. And, I, and I'm not the most patriotic rah-rah guy, but... With the exception of watching the United States men's national team, uh, both and well, the women's team as well, but hearing people's stories and their self-sacrifice, it's very, very moving. It's sad when you hear stories about nineteen-year-olds throwing themselves on hand grenades oh, yeah. for their for their fellow comrades. So that was cool. And then the second coolest thing blew me away. They had a flight suit. I believe I shared this with the group. They had a flight suit for somebody in the Japanese aircraft or uh, Air Force from World War II. They had the technology back in the late forties, or they, or I guess early forties. They could plug their flight suits into their zeros, and it would warm them up. Oh. And that blew me away that that technology existed in the forties. Uh,
0: so, a couple of thoughts. Uh, one, first off, I do not remember seeing you share that. Maybe I was drunk. I don't know. Could be. Uh, two, we just celebrated our six-year friendiversary on Facebook. I saw that. So yeah. I feel like I know you pretty good. Um, you may not be a patriotic rah-rah guy on the surface, but deep down, I know, I know how you are towards Tom Hanks' war movies, and oh, yeah. you get pretty worked up on them, so it, you're just, you know what, under a different time, you would have totally been a patriotic rah-rah guy. Hey,
1: I'll tell you, as soon as I'm President of the United States and I change the national anthem to Real American by yeah. Derek Derringer, uh, Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll get old, old glory going.
0: Yeah, um... But uh, it's not – I mean, you know, we were just – I don't know how much of this cold opening I'll put in, but we were just talking about when me and Missy finally do take an adult-only trip. We have two adult-only trips we're going to take right out of the gate. She wants to do New Orleans, and we're going to do some, like uh – haunted tours and then we're just going to enjoy new orleans i've stayed now in they Fr-
1: have that at charleston too
0: yeah i've stayed in the french quarter a couple of times okay. in my life i've been to mardi gras a couple of times i don't necessarily think we're gonna go down for mardi gras but anyway we're gonna Oof. do some i think we're too old for that right? yeah <laughs> i think so too uh and then the other one we are going to go back to san diego but we're going to stay on the hotel de coronado which is one of the nicest hotels nice. i've ever seen awesome. and then we're going to drive up to sequoia national park because we didn't do that with the girls because it's about a Five and a half, six-hour drive. Oh, the,
1: only that! Sh-
0: I would have said ten or twelve from from San Diego. It's okay, that, and so I'm a firm believer that if you drive somewhere, you got to stay double how long it took you to drive. Hundred percent, great rule. So on. we're gonna like go up there, stay a couple nights, and then come back and stay one more night, and then fly out. That sounds like a good idea. That's an adult trip, but that's neither here or there. That that is where we were last. I just did a staycation, and I'm not gonna. We did. Uh, I did one college campus tour with my daughter on Slu.
1: Yeah, what did you think?
0: Well, she also did, Missy and her did one for Missouri State, which they did not enjoy. Um, she is still leaning towards going out of state. Yeah. But it's a close, close second is SLU. She loved the campus. Yeah. I was impressed with the campus. Um. It's come a long way since uh, Father Biondi took over. Dude, I tell you what, the library—you didn't see a book one. You saw about a hundred dual 17-inch monitor computers. A lab that has 3D printers that they can use. All I mean, and then—and this is crazy—the uh, you know the little bird scooter. Yeah. Uh, you can drive those across campus and stuff. Sure. If you're a basketball player, you get a free bird card, so they don't have to walk across campus. Wow, there you and go. And if it's raining, they can call for a special basketball player-only golf cart to come pick them up. Nice. So guess which sport brings the most money into Slu? I know that for a fact. Yeah. Uh, I,
1: I wish I'd seen more Slu's campus when I went there. Basically, I just hung out in the business school, but... yeah which they've all remodeled. And, yeah, and Student amazing. Union Center is awesome. They've got an e-gaming spot down there. They do.
0: They do. They have like 18 different places to eat, and they're all like real restaurants. Uh-huh. And, you know, you, you one of the part of the tuition would be she gets a $300 semester allowance to eat wherever she wants. Now, the Student Union is free. Yep. And certain restaurants have free times like seven to nine past peak hours. Oh, that's cool. Swipe for free for entrees, things like that. So they said the only one that never gives you free stuff is Starbucks, and that's the one that sucks people's money the most. I'm sure. Uh, but But it was pretty cool. And so she enjoyed that way more than she expected. Um, she just loved the ambiance of being able to just like go a couple blocks. She's in the city, go a couple blocks. she's in the Central West End. you know, she just enjoyed all of that. yeah, and then uh, and then uh, Missouri State did nothing for her.
1: I mean, I'll be down in Missouri State next week. it's it's better than one would think if you've never been there before. Yeah. but it's there's nothing really charming about it.
0: The, the charming parts of Springfield aren't near the campus. and
1: Yeah, although it's gotten a lot better. It's they're doing closer. a lot of developing. It's gotten and, closer. And you can they're, tell that they're trying to get people like Kalen there. Yeah,
0: the campus and downtown uh, Springfield are growing together. Yes. The problem is, is the affluent, rich areas of Springfield are the south side. Yeah. And... Where the north side, uh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. The, the south side, are the is the the downtown area, yeah. and the shitholes is right past it, and the good nicer area is the other direction, mm-hmm. and it's you know it, it's it, there's like in all the commerce, it's like a, shopping. It's just weird how it's laid out. And it's a great
1: point you bring up, like because 20 years ago when I visited Springfield, I thought I was a total shithole, and now there it's like all the little pockets are trying to combine to make it all one nice city, which is
0: what cities do. Yeah. Um, But she – I think she could only – she wouldn't be able to see the value of Springfield without staying a few days and really seeing it all. Yeah. Just the camp. It's not an impressive campus. It's just an average campus. It's –
1: I would say Missouri State, it gets the job done.
0: Yeah. So – but that's what we did. That was our whole week, and then I caught up on a bunch of TV and things of that nature. But – what I did tease is that we will talk about this. I don't want to get into the whole incident. Now, of course I'm talking about the slap herd around You're the world. You're
1: not talking about Ric Flair and Mark Madsen getting into it on I Twitter. I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> I'll ask you about that in a little bit. I didn't even know that was a thing. But uh, we're talking about the slap herd around the world. And I don't want to get too much into the joke or the whole I I d I don't want to go I don't want to beat a dead horse. What I wanna ask you Yes Is Will Smith committed assault on T V. Yes. On live T V. Uh-huh. He was allowed to stay. He was allowed to accept his award. He was allowed to cry and get a five-minute standing ovation. And I don't think that the Twitterverse and the interwebs is pretty split. I think there's a small pocket of people that support what Will did, standing up for his wife, and there's small a large amount of people that are like, see, that's full of shit. Like you can't do that. And stand up comics are like, with the exception of like Tiffany Haddish and a couple, stand up comics are like, no, you cannot allow people to go up on stage and slap a comic, yeah, or it's going to ramp rampant. And then guys like Jim Carrey went hard in the paint. But I have a theory that this was not Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. And I'm not trying to victim blame here Mm. or anything, but I think carefully, big man. I think this is five years or whatever of taking shit for being essentially a cuck in a relationship for a wife that has admitted and brought him on her talk show to discuss her entanglement to having her red red table talk to seemingly come out with this weird book about it will come out. I mean, he's been the butt of a joke for a while. And I feel like it all exploded in one night for Will to get up and just slap somebody. And I also want to say that would he have done the same thing if it was The Rock or Jason Momoa? Nope. No. Or he's picking on the little guy,
1: right? I'm picking on the little guy. With yeah. a chin. <laughs> With a chin, which I can understand why people thought that was a work at first, but clearly it was a shoot.
0: It was not, yeah. I mean, it. I've seen other guys that in our podcasting community here in St. Louis, debate on how obvious it was to get the ratings better. Here's the thing. It did not get the ratings better. The people had already seen that part. They didn't tune in to see what was going to happen. They just watched it on the internet.
1: Yeah. So, I guess my thing, about, and we can talk about it as much as little as you want. Uh, I feel bad for everybody involved, with exception of... Uh, well, I even felt bad for Jada, I guess, a little bit. Although, you know, look, we're, we're all hearing... The gossip columns and stuff like that. We don't really know these people. Based on interviews I've heard with Chris Rock recently on the Fly on the Wall, which you and I both said is a fantastic podcast. Everybody should listen to with David Spade and Dana Carvey interviewing people. Chris Rock was phenomenal on that.
0: Everyone's been great. Tom Hanks, all of them. I, I,
1: I think Will Smith is a good person. I do too. I think he is an emotionally disturb is too strong of a word, but he's clearly depressed and got issues, and I think it comes from a couple of things. I'm going to tie it into a show I'm sure we're going to talk about here on HBO Max. So I've read recently uh, Showtime, which is the show Winning Times based off. I love the writer so much that I read his book about um, the Kobe era too. All right, yeah. and here's how I'm going to tie it together. And this is two white guys obviously talking about an issue that we are talking out of our ass. No, we're but experts. We're white we're, people. Yeah. They talk a lot about that book, that Kobe Bryant was a total piece of shit. Now, the older he got, he did get a little bit better. But I do feel like there is a struggle for black men in this country that grow up well. Like, Kobe Bryant grew up pretty well. He was
0: not a poor person.
1: Will Smith grew up pretty well, too. And struggling with that identity of what does it mean to be a black man in America, especially at his age, and trying to grasp that emotion that comes with that whether you know like you have people calling you names on all sides of this yeah. prism. he's being called a cuck he's i'm sure been called bad names by black and white americans he feels maybe uh lonely out there and that's why a guy like him when he went to scientology it makes sense he's trying to find is he his... in scientology he was for a minute yeah oh,
0: how did he get out of that unscathed
1: is he unscathed
0: i don't know <laughs> maybe that's what caused all the stuff to come out yeah you know, but i think he is a uh Write that book before they release that info. You know. Yeah,
1: and he's been famous since he was a
0: teenager. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and I, and keep had... in mind, he's not famous. He's other level famous. He's multi-time Oscar nominated. He played Muhammad Ali. He was the Fresh Prince. He's been superheroes. He's he was Mister July Fourth movie release. So he's the person they call. Co- he's an he's as a list as it gets. Yeah, and he kind of like Magic Johnson too, tying it all together.
1: He has always been the black guy that white America can feel oh, yeah, safe yeah. with.
0: He's the, he's the Wayne Brady, which we're yeah. using a lot of black guy analogies, but, but, but like, it's all But it, is,
1: it all ties in. Yeah. And he par- kind of brought that up in his acceptance speech, too. How you always had to smile and, and, and eat shit, basically. Yeah. It was an ugly night all around. That all said, he was wrong. Yeah, he kind of half-assed apologized to Chris Rock. Yesterday. Last night, or, Yeah,
0: late last night, which tells you it wasn't a real apology. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, and, and I'm sure more will come out. and going to a and,
0: sketch next year with those two in it, something.
1: Yeah, they'll be, um, they bear the
0: hatchet. I, I 100% agree with what you're saying. I think it's a little what you said, a lot of what you said, and then I think it's a lot of... For whatever reason him and Jada have their lives have maybe it's boredom maybe it's just this is the way they 've always been Jada said her parents were in an open relationship, which is why she adopted it, and she tried being in, in this normal will um i mean he he loves his wife yeah and i don't i'm not saying she forced him into this this lifestyle but i'm saying that when you're in that lifestyle I'm not going to name names, but I have a very good friend that was in kind of a similar lifestyle. And it was great for the beginning, and then it slowly drove him crazy. Um, I'm not saying that's happening with Will, but when you're, rap- when you're already otherworldly famous, and you already have to tread lightly, you have to walk you know, a very weird line, and you, always- you have all this pressure we can't understand, Yeah, when your life isn't normal by even those standards... I can weigh on you, man. 100%. And when something like that happens, which is so weird because people brought this up even immediately, he laughed. He laughed at the yes, joke. He did. And then he glanced at his wife, who did not laugh. And then it was like something clicked in his head. And, you know, I, I'm not... I, listen, I certainly think that it was not premeditated. I certainly think that it was not a, a work. I think that... Literally in that moment, he slapped. Made a really bad decision. Made probably the dumbest decision of his career. Um, he's not going to get punished. I mean, he was in the Wawa wild, wild West, so maybe not the uh, dumbest
1: of his career. You know,
0: that was a joke that Chris Rock And there's a history between the Chris Rock and making fun of the Smiths. And but you know, it was a weird deal. And you know, I know I br- you brought it up uh, that everybody's called him what I called him at the beginning was Cuck. Yeah. And. Man, I don't know that this is going to really, really hurt his career, but I don't believe this helped his career one bit. Chris Rock also, I think, is going to have a tough one. I think. He, oh,
1: no. I think Chris Rock is going to make millions off this. See,
0: I don't think he can... I think, If he wants to. See, here's another deal about Chris Rock, going back to what you talked about, especially since we are all th- authority on all things black culture. Yes. Uh, here's a black guy that got slapped on national TV and was not allowed to retort, especially when there's guys like... Uh, Cat Williams and Sariq Ali, or Sariq, I can't think of his, or Ali Sariq, another very um, from the streets black stand-up comic. Yeah. Guys, and he hates Cat Williams, and I apologize if I'm getting your name wrong, uh, but he's a very much part of a commun- community, and I don't mean the stand-up community, but I mean the black community where it's, you got to be a tough guy. Yeah. And if he just accepts it and moves on, that's going to be tough for him. If he doesn't... Turn it into some good jokes. Like, I was listening to podcast today. Brendan Chaub said, you know what? I think Will Smith got off lucky because uh, in if it wouldn't have been a, the Oscars, if it would have been just a club, Chris Rock would have destroyed him. Like, when, with all the things and all the books and all the stuff that are written about the Smith family, he would have roasted the fuck out of him. And he even, then, there's a lot of them said that, like, Amy Schumer should have came out, who's, like, Chris Rock is our mentor, it was one of the guys that got her famous in New York scene, and she didn't say anything. And, you know, and it, you know, uh, the Brendan Schaub on his podcast, now this is a former UFC fighter, yeah. he said, my biggest problem is that after it happened, all of these people went over and checked on Will, like Denzel, and uh, all these guys that were in the crowd went over and checked on Will. No one went and checked on Chris Rock, you know? And it was like, you know, Hollywood... They're a little spineless, we know. We know. Um, He goes, but i got to tell you, if my buddy, like, let's say Theo Vaughn, this is Brendan Schaub's words, if Theo Vaughn was hosting the Oscars and Theo Vaughn's blowing up, he said, maybe it'll happen. And I'm in a room when someone slaps Theo Vaughn, I can tell you right now, somebody's getting their ass kicked. (laughs) It's easier said
1: than done. I Uh mean, if Chris Rock would have gone... Start throwing haymakers no, at them. They're, the they're, they're both fucking done. They're it both makes the show worse. Done. Yeah. You and and, and honestly, it sets
0: back, speaking of black America, yeah, that's, that's bad for them.
1: Yeah. So I give Chris Rock all the respect in the world for showing his restraint there. And I think in the long term, it'll hurt Will Smith a little bit. I think people will get over it and we'll move on. It'll just be one of those, you know, 15 years from now, uh, i trying to think. Celebrity, that's like somebody uh, from BTS will be on VH1. Like, hey, remember that night when Will uh, Smith smacked the shit out of? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You,
0: when those those decade shows where yeah, you remember exactly. the nineties? Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be up there. But it was it'll be MJ. I was said there. so we had moved from downstairs upstairs, Missy and I. We we moved from watching TV. Are we were watching it live? Yes. Okay. So we were moved from downstairs. We came upstairs. Missy was in the bathroom prepping to lay down, and I go, "Holy fuck!" And she goes, "What?" I go hold on. And she, I was like, come here. And then the TV glitched because they hit the dump button. Yeah. And then you could read his mouth. I was like, this is not fake. I told her right away. My knee jerk was, oh, this is, that was a funny skit, whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, uh-oh, Will's mad. And when I went, and it wasn't even Will's initial thing, it was when Chris Rock goes, really? It was a joke. And uh, then I, then they cut to Will and he's like, you can read his lips. Yeah. And, then when you watch the unedited version, yeah. you're like, yeah, there's no, people that think that's a work, a shoot, is a part of the, and I get it, TV has done this to us, and reality TV and yeah. spe- especially, it, it we're it. so cynical at everything, but yet we accepted Donald Trump, you
1: know, and that whole thing was a work, so. I've, I've seen people break down that Chris Rock was leaning his head in, and you know, Will Smith's got videos of how to give slaps. Apparently, oh. Will, apparently, Will Smith likes to slap people. This he, is the first time he slapped somebody. Yeah, so.
0: well, he slapped a guy on the red carpet, a little one, but the guy was a uh, shock comic who tries to get a rile up out of celebrities, and it wasn't working, so he kissed Will Smith on the cheek, and Will, I mean, I would slap him. Yeah. You know, so it, it it's a weird deal. It's kind of a, it, it, I tell you this of all the moments our podcast is in our 6 year history of this podcast it's one of the weirder nights of tv that we've certainly seen
1: well and you know, i you saw, said
0: top 5 nights of twitter uh, and i stole that from
1: mike gold junior uh, to be honest uh, what's he doing now he's on some show i think I, I, not mike gold his kid
0: yeah i know i know but Isn't he he, wait, he, he was over? on the he, he he didn't it was Wingo, ringo and golick yeah. and his and mike ended up joining there at the end golick junior joined there at the end
1: it's Jr. – I don't know what he's doing. Uh, but anyway... But
0: Golick Sr.'s gone from ESPN now. Yeah, he's gone, gone. Completely, yeah. He
1: gone, girl. Uh, da, 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 da. But then, yeah, yeah it's, 30 minutes later, Albert Poole signs the Cardinals for one year. So it was a wild night. Yeah. Like, I thought I was going to go to bed at 10.15, and I was up till 11.30 searching, but...
0: Well, let's talk about that for a second, That before we jump into kind of a rest of the throw-it-to-missy style stuff. Yeah. We are a, a St. Louis-based podcast, and I know the probably the least interesting thing outside of an entire episode of pro wrestling would be when we talk about sports, mm. for our fans, unfortunately, but but um, we're a baseball town, and probably certainly in mine and your generation, the greatest St. Louis Cardinal we've seen statistically, yeah, has come back. I in, in, in the most decorated Cardinal that we've seen in terms of World Series championships, him and Yachty, and obviously, Wayno. But he was the not just the straw that stirred the drink, he was the catalyst, he was the juggernaut, he was the machine. And we're getting him for one year, and it couldn't be more perfect.
1: Yeah, and I you know just like America, I can be a little cynical on the Cardinals sometimes. But hey, hook line and sinker—they got me. I'm going to at least buy one, if not two games this year, because I want to see it one last time. I mean, I've got it, friends it, from out of town. Nostalgia saying, is a powerful, powerful yeah. drug. It I, really is. I've
0: got friends from out of town saying we, we're going to come in town when Wainwright pitches on a weekend. We got to see them all three: Waino, Yadi, Bullholes. I mean, this is going to be the most uh like nostalgic fond farewell we've seen to players in a while yeah and then and you, it's three three at once no team
1: has had that three at once um i don't know if the teams any good i mean they're good but i mean
0: they're going to they're going to so they're going to be that eighth they're either going to be in the playoffs or going to be that one first team out
1: all right here how about this There's, so uh, a segment of from a show i've been listening to called wrestling brain they have uh, oh, a heard segment this one. called kick it or keep it Okay. Uh, so I'm going to give you uh, a, a statement. Yeah. And then you say, I'm going to kick it. I hate it. That's disgusting. Or keep it. I love it. I want some more okay. of it. Okay. Uh, Cardinals win 87 games or more this year.
0: Keep it. All right. I'm, I think they're in that 87 88 range. Yeah. And I think that puts them second in the Central and I think because the West is so loaded and they're going to beat up, beat the shit out of each other, I think that sneaks them in the playoffs. I think it's going to take 86 games to make the playoffs in the National League. I like it. And um, I think the only spot – I I know we talk a lot about they don't have a lot of pop in their lineup, but literally they have one weak spot for sure in their lineup, and that's shortstop.
1: Which is insane they have not addressed that for –
0: there was a, honestly my neighbor Barry. Uh, he's a teacher. Not, oh, he's not an actor. That sometimes no, that man is he. Okay, he's yeah. uh, Just making sure Word he about. is as deep a baseball fan as you'll ever get, and he breaks down numbers all day. He says. You know, there's never been a good contract ever signed for a player 32 and over. And he says the worst contract that he's ever seen in baseball is the Freddie Freeman contract. He go because he watches sabermetrics backs it up. Once a player gets past 30, you can look. There only two guys have ever led the league in on base percentage past the age of 30. And And, he was doing a lot of steroids. And uh, no, well that well (laughs) not counting that guy, Uh, uh, but he Hank Aaron being one of them. And then uh, but he was like. And the best contract that was out there in all, he goes, maybe the best contract I've ever seen in baseball is Korea's contract. 28-year-old shortstop, signs for $30 million a year for the first three years, and then it scales down. So for his prime years, he's going to pay the big bucks. Because if you've ever looked at baseball, not you, but the, uh, the general you, the fans, yeah. uh, can we call our listeners fans? We'll call them listeners. Uh, the If you've ever looked at it, the biggest contracts in baseball have all been for players, paid for what they did the previous 10 years, not what's coming. That's but, how baseball works. That's almost every sport, honestly. Yeah, well, football's a little different, but now football with the whole Deshaun... Well, football, you had the guaranteed money up front, so that's yeah. different.
1: And then basketball, they get uh, probably the most money, but it's just a short roster. Yeah, yeah. Hockey's very similar to baseball. Yeah. Well, I have uh, the uh, Puck Soup, which is a podcast I love. Probably my favorite podcast. Yeah, you've podcast. talked about it talk
0: plenty of times. Yeah.
1: Uh, they call on the host... Uh, he calls it the Logan's run theory. Once a player turns 30, you might as well take him out back and shoot him in the back the, of the head. The, that's <laughs> baseball, the same thing it, in baseball. Baseball
0: proves it accurate. And, but, like,
1: so, but back to your but, point, but, though. But it's, it's, it's shitty how it works. The reason it is that way, though, is so the owners can control and have that quote-unquote yeah. parity and fuck over the younger guys. And when it comes down to union contracts... The old guy's always going to fuck the young pup over, and that's that's why we have these situations. One
0: thing that the lockout, they tried to fix a little bit of the player control when they get called up and stuff, but we won't go too far into that, but to to what started that conversation about contracts, to your point, they didn't address the shortstop. And this was a weird year where there was a metric shit ton of shortstops out there. There was gold glove shortstops, and me and Barry had this conversation today when he got home from work. If they would have got a gold glove caliber shortstop, there could have been an argument made that they had statistically one of the best infields in the history of baseball, defensively. Yeah, They would have had a gold glove at every spot, multiple, because Edmund won one this past year. Oh, I forgot about that. Goldschmidt's won a couple. You've got the best shortstop yeah, since right, uh, uh, Roland and Arenado. And then they also have two outfields. I mean, they would have had – I mean, their defense is – uh, it's good it's well it was the best in baseball last year but then it could have been an if they would address shortstop with some younger athleticism i don't even care what it does with hitting but as it stands the way the 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 in, the, the shortstop going forward with the cardinals is going to be i when this albert signing i said this albert signing makes sense we have the dh he's going to be up there to face left-handed pitching he's better than any option off the bench to be the dh against a left-handed pitcher um but what that does is devalue Paul DeYoung, who's essentially the exact same player without the Hall of Fame credentials. Can't hit anybody but a lefty, and he's not hitting for average. He's yep. not even hitting home runs anymore. So I trust the Hall of Famer over him. I don't hate DeYoung. I think he gave us a good two years, but he's got to go. And I don't think Edmundo Sosa is the answer either yep. Af, behind you. I
1: mean, Look, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll, I always bite my tongue. I'll never call the DeWitts cheap. I mean, they still have always been around, no worse than I want to say top twelve payroll.
0: That holiday can, contract was a big contract. Yeah, at
1: and, the time. And
0: I'm sh- hopefully, they sign
1: Ariano for a long Ronaldo. time. Him too. But what kills you as well, a Cardinals we got fan him is for how
0: long now? Like maybe a year or two. I think two because he waved his clause yeah. and he only had one shot. He waved it. Yeah. Um, and Goldschmidt's here for the rest of his career, which isn't much longer. Probably not. I let's go ahead finish. But
1: it, it, they're. Oh, I mean. They're always that they never get that top free agent to help them go over the top. It was, it, holiday
0: it, was the last one. Holiday and Roland.
1: Well, but all those guys were traded for.
0: Edmonds well yeah, free those were traded for. Edmonds was traded for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those were all traded for. The biggest free agent I can think of that they
1: got as a position player, and maybe it spooked them was Tino. Tino, well then then
0: Howard or uh, uh, no not uh, Hayward. We got Hayward on one year, and he... But we traded for him, didn't we? Did we trade for him? Yeah, they traded him for Shelby straight And up. he sucked. He was
1: us. fine.
0: He did not hit for us. He played, and he didn't play his normal. He did not like it here. No, he hated it here. He hated it here. Um, And he didn't play to what we thought. And honestly, that guy didn't play to what his rookie year was. To be
1: fair to Hayward, he was very vocal that he hated Matheny yeah, and then it turned out. Yeah, Matheny but was a, a liner
0: and yeah. then I they're like, "Oh, maybe he yeah, right. turns out." Turns a bad guy. Uh, here's here's my thoughts, and this we're going to wrap up with this. Uh, you mean obviously you can have a closing thought, but the reason we did not go get a shortstop is because Tommy Edmund can play shortstop, and Nolan Gorman is going to go up and play second base here at some point, point. and he has you know done nothing but succeed. He knew his third base position was gone. And, can he play second? Well, he's been, he started in the minors last year. Akendo started working with him. He's got to learn okay. to, yeah. So that's the, that, I mean, if you end up having a second baseman that can bang out possibly 35 home runs, you know. It's, I'm assuming it's easier to go from third to second. Oh, I would think so. I would think so. You got to learn to cover more ground, but you got, I know it sounds crazy, but you got like a third or fourth of a second more time to worry about that play. Yeah. Uh, I would certainly not want to take anybody. And move him to third. and Except for it worked for Todd Zeal at one point in his career. But uh, We've told the Todd Zeal and Joe Buck story on this show before, right? I don't think we have. Alright, so Joe Buck's
1: biography, which is a,
0: a good quick read. He tells a story where... Very hated, but wrongly hated. I get why he gets the hate, but he shouldn't be hated. But a great St. Louis native that gets a lot of shit for his commentary. But... The TV backs up that ratings are better when he's doing a play-by-play.
1: He's very good at his job. And if
0: you, he,
1: you know, we can go into Joe. I think Joe Buck's great.
0: Yeah, his his exact words were, I know I've done my job well when both teams' fans think I hate yeah, them. Yeah, and his his theory about
1: it is correct. It's you listen to your homer team all year, your homer announcers, and then when it's the most stressful games of the year, you have somebody calling in neutral, so yeah. you think, I hate your team. Yeah, and uh, and he says he's not even a Cardinal fan anymore, which I can completely understand. But anyway, when he was coming up, he became friends with Todd Zeal down because he was here at that time. Yeah, and they were uh, they became buddies. They're still, I think, friends. And they uh, God, where were they at? They were in Louisville back when they had the team in Louisville.
0: Okay, as they both come Before up together, they moved to Springfield.
1: Yep, and this was back when teams still you bunked with somebody on the road. You didn't have your own yep. room. And uh, Todd Zeal took the job from somebody named uh, Tom Pagnasi. And so uh, Pagnazi was starting a rumor that Joe Buck and uh, Tazu were banging. <laughs> so Joe Tory calls them in uh, his office and goes, "Look, I'll pay to make sure you guys are staying in the same room. You can't be roommates anymore. I'm like, why? We're buddies." Well, there's rumors going around you guys are fucking, <laughs>
0: <laughs> What a weird conversation from Bill. Toward... Well, because
1: those, the rumors around St. Louis for years and years was that Fernando Tatis and Joe Buck were banging. Yeah. And Joe Buck addresses that in the book. Wow. And that's how he says this story. Because the funny thing about the rumor is Fernando Tatis hated my guts because I called him out one time. Then he would never talk to me
0: again. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's a good stopping point to ta- stop talking about sports, sort of. And let's just go ahead and finish with a whole bunch of stuff of pop culture and throw it to Missy kind of stuff. And let's jump right into sports TV. Yeah. Or at least more importantly, like I said, this is an entire, my entire throw it to Missy segment is HBO Max related. Okay. I've watched so much on Max, but I want to start with, and I know this is going to shock you, My second favorite thing I've watched on HBO Max this last week, and that's Winning Time. Okay. The story of the rise of the Showtime and the Los Angeles Lakers. It is great. Couldn't have been better casted. The unknowns that play the basketball players are all amazing. The guy who plays Magic Johnson is fantastic. And he looks like a young Magic Johnson. He does. He's not as uh, plumpy-cheeked as Magic, but his manner, his smile is had to be casted because, one, he was a tall black guy, and, two, he had the smile. Yeah. And then – John C. Riley is Jerry Puss is I don't know how to say this, but other than he can do no wrong in a role, right? I mean, whether it's a straight comedy role, whether it's this comedy by drama role, I mean, it what or it's Boogie Nights, he's he's an underrated Jim, right? Uh no, I think he's rated
1: at this point in his career. I think enough people well, recognize and know who he is. Let
0: me rephrase it. He's maybe the best goofiest looking fuck lead actor you've ever seen because he is a goofy looking guy. I got him number two, huh? I got him number two. Who's your number one? Buscemi. Oh, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, but Steve, I don't think he's ever been as lead as much as John C. Riley has in things. Uh, or at least played. a John C. I think's played bigger roles, but Buscemi is also. Uh, a, a weird looking dude. Yeah, I mean, that is no doubt. I mean, none of them are. uh, hey, uh Ron Howard's brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but, uh, True. but no, but he's unbelievable. Him, every part of this show is very good. I gave it a four point five. Now it's tied with the other show I called a four point five. But uh, all of those things together, and I know we i jumped the gun on rating, but all of those things together, and I want people to understand this is about the first year that Magic Johnson was drafted, the first year that Bus Doctor Bus took over the well, which, team,
1: which is crazy. So this—it's based off a book called Showtime, which they could have called Showtime yeah. because, of... and they had to change
0: know. other names because of that. Um,
1: but what I thought when I first saw the trailer—I don't know if you felt the same way—I thought it was just going to be a miniseries, and no, they're going to. This is a show. So this first year is the seventy nine eighty team.
0: Well, they set the they set the precedent right out of the gate that we are going to see all the way up until Magic getting diagnosed with HIV. Yeah. and, the, and there's the, a lot of time and that's when the book that's gonna, starts yeah. and ends
1: too. So I think they get five seasons out of it. And I liked the first two episodes so much that I read the book. So I kind of quote unquote know what's coming, even though it's all
0: you kind of knew what was coming what is, anyway. But
1: uh, I liked the writer so much that I got quote-unquote sequel, and I alluded to it earlier in the podcast. It's called Three Ring Circus, the story of the Shaq-Kobe Phil yeah. years, which was very good. And then, I liked the writer so much, and now I'm reading... Uh, he wrote a story about the 90s Cowboys called Boys Will Be Boys. Oh,
0: boy. And that's has uh, pun intended Just there. so people know that uh, there's some Miami Hurricanes on that team, yes. too. So. And then
1: he also read a book, wrote a book that I read a long time ago for the baseball fans out there called The Bad Guys Won the Story of the 86 Mets. And that's a great oh, book, too. Oh, that is a good one. They Jeff Perlman that was, is his name. He's a great the, writer.
0: 86 Mets, were those the Pond Scum? Yes. Okay, the yeah. they won,
1: they, last Mets World Series
0: winner. Uh, St. Louis gave them the Pond Scum nickname. No, uh, J.C. Corcoran. Yeah. Nobody knows why that was the nickname, but it's...
1: They too- talk about it in the book, but it, it, it's a dumb story.
0: I so. watched it uh, uh, like a rain delay. A doc that You know how they used to always put those little locally produced documentary things on the Cardinals back when they were on KPLR? yeah. Uh, and it was a rain delay, and they were talking about the pond scum. And the, he had him on there, and he goes, I just thought they were pond scum. And it was like, okay. And, but that became a thing. Uh, back to the show, though. I want people to understand three things. Here's the three big draws of this show. And one of them is not a joke, but it is kind of uh, uh, chauvinistic. There's a lot of boobs. Oh, yeah. And that is worth watching. There's a lot of incredibly well acted, great dialogues from, and John C. Riley should get an, uh, an Emmy nod cool. for that.
1: And I, I would say we mentioned those two, or the guys who play uh, Kareem, and i apologize, probably don't know the names. I should, I will know. But the, the end guy of that the plays
0: Kareem is, is great. He's great without having to act much because Kareem was such a stoic, weird, and he still is today.
1: I think that guy has like no acting experience. Yeah, the guy who plays Magic, I think, had a little. bit.
0: And by the way, Kareem went, Kareem went hard on Will Smith. Uh said so this doesn't help black culture. Uh
1: was a little bit of a dick back
0: in yeah. the day. Still is a little bit today. But <laughs> oh, uh,
1: but, uh by who would the you way, say he
0: does the best By the way, one last joke about the Will Smith thing. Yeah. Is this the only time every media's uh coverage in the world has covered black on black crime? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on now.
1: I <laughs> ain't touching that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> reach out, reach out, touch it. Uh, My hand. But touching uh, your hand. But no, he's good.
1: Um who would you say is the next does the next best job?
0: Behind John C. Riley, um, of the basketball players, what's the asshole's name uh, in the show? Uh, oh God, Norm, uh, Norm Nixon. Yes, Norm Nixon, who
1: I never had heard of, but but was apparently a really good player. Who yeah, he was an all
0: star, an and I think that character is well done. I think you get both why he's a prick and also why he's uh, threatened. Yeah, and why he would want to hold on. I think the girl that plays Magic Johnson's wannabe girlfriend is really good in it. Yep. Um, I I think also, um, and I've said a lot of that. Speaking of girls, I think all the women in the office are great, including Jenny Buss. Yeah. And Gabby Hoffman. Yeah.
1: Looking dark age.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No doubt. Um, I think the best, I think the the job I'm looking for, he's been barely in it, but I'm really excited about based off what I've seen him, is a. is it Adrian Brody? Adrian Brody. That was Pat gonna... Riley. He's got Riley's accent down perfectly.
0: He, I, so here's my thing with that. I know this is a different era. Mm-hmm. He looks nothing like Pat Riley. And I know some of them are just at best barely looks like him. Yeah. Like, and the reason he doesn't look like Pat Riley because he's got Adrian Brody's nose, but I enjoy Adrian Brody on the screen. Well, let's see what happens when he goes into slick evil writing. Yeah, that's what I can't wait for. And we know it's coming. Obviously, even if you haven't read the books, you know it's coming. Um, like, do you know, like, how... I, I don't want to spoil for people. I like, don't want to spoil I, for I you either. I, okay, don't, but I like, don't know all the story, so I don't want to see it. But I want but to go it's to my like it's third...
1: Like I never heard, like, I, it, it's insane how Riley ends up getting the job.
0: I want to go to my third point. Yeah. There's three different camera styles that are used in this. Yes. There's the standard camera style. There's a retro grainy film. And the standard one's a little grainy. But there's an incredibly grainy, like, realistic handheld camera. And then there's real to real highlights that they show with the actual... Uh, yeah. the markers on them and it's brilliant the way they use them i it's brilliant
1: i take a half point off this show i give it a 4.5 as well maybe even a 4.25 because this this show screams oh hey i'm adam mckay and i'm doing the show a little too much for my taste
0: i see but i love adam mckay so okay. i'm okay with it, it the, the only reason it's not a five for me is because i know that it's a not a super long season and I, I feel like, especially when I found out there's going to be another season, I don't want to give it a five right out of the bat because I feel like once we get going, there's so much better acting that can be done. Like, don't get me wrong, Mad the kid playing Magic is doing a great job, and I'm sorry we don't know your name. You're doing an amazing job. But I feel like once it gets going and he gets famous there's a lot of really good stuff that they could sink their teeth into and
1: oh, how about michael chickles playing red auerbach oh
0: that was pretty awesome uh really good well and red Arbach historically one of the biggest pricks in the history yes. of sports uh but that was my second favorite show okay that i watched i haven't seen
1: your first one, probably.
0: the entirety i watched um it's way more slapstick it's you got it. Now, keep in mind, you have to be into their comedy to begin with. And I'm referring to Taika Waititi and group. Our flag means death.
1: Okay, it's good.
0: It's not just good, dude. It's unbelievably good. All right. It is. I I, maybe, I said a while ago, I'm probably going to give a four and a half out of five. It's five out of five. And I'm going to tell you why it's good. One, they also, in a different way, use tricanery to make the film look good. I mean, it's almost entirely on the sea, but which is not believable, but it is incredibly good sets on how they do out on the boat. Um, They do a great job of juggling a lot of topics. Like for one, they're pirates, they're bloodthirsty. There is gore in this thing. Um, Also, there is homosexuality. There's dealing with the fact that I have to repress my homosexuality. There's, it's, there's a lot of really complex topics uh, uh, covered on this show. And they do it with the same sensibility of Thor Ragnarok, of uh, what we do in the shadows, of the uh, the um, Flight of the Concords, All shows, all movies, and all laughter that's right in my wheelhouse. And the main character, uh, I forget his name, but he was also in... Uh, uh, like I said, he was in Flight of the Concords. He was in uh, Yes Man with Jim Carrey. He plays the his boss. He's a British dude that are... are no, I'm sorry. He's, I think he's New Zealand. Yeah. He's the main character in this. Well, him and then ended up Taika Waititi, who's Blackbeard. Uh, it's awesome. And keep in mind that it was so well received that they renewed it for two more seasons already. Wow. okay. And the final season... I mean, it is... For a slapstick show... It it delves into the most complex topics and gives us some of the best character development that you could ever see on a straight comedy. There is no way around it. It is a straight comedy. And I think it's one of the most clever done shows I've seen in a long time. It's a re I know. And and it's worth watching. What about you? What else have you...
1: So there's two shows that I'm really into right now. We covered Winning Time. The other one was on Apple TV, Severance. I think that show is brilliant.
0: That'll be next. Yeah. So you're not watching it at all. Not yet. yet, but but we got through. There's just so many good things on it. And Apple TV and HBO Max right now, I mean, I know we're waiting on Stranger Things, and we're waiting on a bunch of stuff on Netflix, the net final Ozark, but Apple TV and Netflix, I mean, and HBO Max are f- fighting for keeping my attention right there in the mirror and i did after party on apple plus okay and i loved apple part or after party and the only reason i didn't jump into severance is because i think Missy might want to watch it. Yeah, and these other ones like Our Flag Means Death and Winning Time, I knew she wasn't into, so that was my vacation, my staycation. So
1: I usually don't like shows that string a mystery. I get kind of bored with
0: it because I kind of well, like, don't watch after part. All right,
1: good to know. <laughs> But Severance does a fantastic job. Adam Scott, again, a guy I would like to see get an Emmy nomination. He's brilliant in it. Uh, the premise of the show is basically you go to work. And then your brain switches to what they call it your any self. And when you're at work, you have no recollection of what your outside life is like. And when you're on the outside, you have no recollection of yeah, what's going on. Yeah, it's a process
0: work. that they do. They yeah. keep your memory hey, uh, separate.
1: Spoiler alert the company is evil. So, <laughs> Which I assume uh, that from the and initial company. So trailer. you unravel the mystery and how everything kind of comes and together. And if
0: you start remembering or you start questioning they do something they then they take you out yeah 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 uh that's or, all trailer. so that's not ruining anything for yeah you, yeah
1: so it's all it's very well done uh christopher walken's in it john taturo yeah, well, uh, yeah it,
0: the, the cast is unbelievable and all the way down to adam scott is uh yeah the main character, main in character. It. and by the way another guy that quietly has done nothing but hit a home run from straight comedy to drama. He's good at what he does. Yeah.
1: Uh, so Adam Scott's great. The, the Again, I, we are terrible people <laughs> because the guy who I think does the second best job is a black actor I've never seen before, and he plays kind of the keep the uh, employees in line character, and he straddles the line from terrifying to friendly on a dime so well he he's uh fantastic are you looking it up for me
0: yeah is it uh Tramiel tillman yes who, yeah yes. yeah yeah he's been in a lot of good he was in uh he's in that show hunters that i liked that it. it was on uh prime it's the where the jewish are hunting down nazi war criminals in the united oh, states and okay awesome show if they did another season it would be great
1: oh it was pacino in that yes oh, okay. yeah
0: and he was in uh, Godfathers of Harlem. He's been in a handful of small things, but yeah, I could see that. There's a lot of good names in this. Yeah, uh, he was Patricia Arquette. She there? does a
1: great job. She's uh, she plays somebody who's uh, evil. So uh,
0: those are Arquettes. they don't age. Yeah, well. uh, she put on a little weight. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, speaking of uh, uh, who was I going to say? Who in this? It was Christopher Walken. Oh no, John Turturro. J- John Turturro. I watched. Yesterday or maybe today, I think it was yesterday. I just turned it on once me and Missy got off work. Jesus rolls the unofficial Jesus character sequel to Big Lebowski. When's that coming out? Oh, it's been out a while. Oh, is it bad? I don't know that I I didn't hate the experience. Here, here's what you got to understand: the whole movie is about him and his brother uh, Bobby Cannavale, or his friend, best friend Bobby Cannavale. He gets out of prison. They immediately go on a crime spree, and they share women throughout the whole thing. And then they find Pete Davidson, whose mom was Susan Sarandon. And they, after they lost their women, oh, a woman, they go to the women's prison and just wait for someone to get released, who ends up being Susan Sarandon, and then they have sex with her at the same time. And this is all shown, She. this is a major spoiler, she then kills herself. And then they find a note that her son is in prison and he's getting out. That's Pete Davidson. They go back to their original woman who they couldn't get off. And turns out Pete Davidson can because he makes love to her and they're just fucking her. Um and then there's a car wreck. And that's the whole movie. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what the point of the movie is. That sounds terrible. It's written, it was adapted. And written for t- for movies by Totoro and directed by Totoro, and all of that said, I did not hate the movie, but I don't understand why it's a movie. Like, why was this made? Yeah, makes no sense. But uh, that's not the the next thing I wanted to talk about. All right. The next thing I want to talk about is a show that I'm giving a four. Okay. And speaking of boobs, and HBO Max, Minks on okay. HBO. Okay two things about this show you need to know one you need to know that it's all about the rise of the first all-male nudie magazine so not only do you get a lot of boobs but you get equivalent amount of penis and massively large penises (laughs) and you see them from every angle close that's one thing two jake johnson is essentially the leading male role in it and jake johnson for, is one of those guys for me that I'll just watch whatever he's in, whether it's an independent movie. Ever since New Girl and then uh, Stumptown, I love that, even though it was canceled by COVID. Um, he's He doesn't play much of a stretch. Every character is sort of the same. But in this one, he's kind of this idiot savant. He's kind of this rough around the edges. I don't have an education, but I'm a really smart business guy. Sure. Who also makes really bad decisions from time to time. Um, as we all want to do and he what the whole premise is he's a 18 he's got half a million in, dis- in, in circulation uh adult magazines and there's this pitch conference where you go and pitch a magazine I did to, to a bunch of pr- publishers well he meets this girl online who's like a pro- super progressive feminist and she's got a book called the modern uh patriarchy or so- something like that and it's no one wants to buy it. Well, he says, "Well, I'll let you do those articles, but you got to shape it around showing male nudity." He gets the idea that maybe this is what we need, and I think there's women that need it. So she's balanced with being a very like uh, 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 Vassar graduate who's super smart, super progressive, learns to get in touch with her own sexuality and all this, and uh, mixed around all of this this seedy porn industry at the time. Like the police just casually raid them once once or twice a year yeah. and because you know what they're doing and he has to go pay someone off and get but it's a fictitious look at a real magazine that was the first to show male nudity okay and it's pretty good and like i said jake johnson's just good at what he does he didn't he's, have, he's he, charming he can stay in yeah he is uh, he is dirtbag charming <laughs> our, our dumb guy charming. Yeah. He's believable as a guy that could back the good looking girl but back his way into it. And that's what he is in this movie this show. Uh it's worth watching. It's uh Missy liked it and she's a she's I wouldn't say she's a harsher critic than me. She just doesn't give her time to things as easy as I do. I so she she enjoys it. I don't know when new episodes come out. I think there's a new I think it's Wednesdays or whatever. I don't know if it's on HBO first, but again HBO Max. I mean, it's led the way. But what do you got next?
1: The other thing I really have is uh, I, since I uh, went to Charleston and kind of have a had a World War II bug, I searched World War II movies on Netflix and watched a Dutch movie called The Forgotten Battle.
0: I started it okay on a day when I was sitting down here for work. When we, uh, for anyone that knows what I do for a living or works with me, please tune out for the next few minutes. <laughs> but when we had our Zoom. Marketing meeting down here, and it gets monotonous at times. I turned it on, but I turned it on at the wrong time because it was someone had to pay attention to, so I yep. couldn't get to watch it. So I didn't. I, I watched probably about forty minutes into it, yeah, and then I paused it, and I've not came back to it yet. The trailer looks amazing.
1: Yeah, I would say three and a half out of five. A good solid World War II movie. If you like
0: war movies, three and a half is a good number yeah. to watch. Um, I give that Tom Hanks one on Apple TV a three seven five out of five, and I enjoyed it. I think I like this one better.
1: Oh, okay. Slightly. Okay. That's like a notch above better because. Uh, so like three two five for that Tom Hanks one, and this one. Yeah, it, okay. I, I mean I love Tom Hanks, but if Tom Hanks isn't that movie. That movie is probably too. too
0: yeah, without too Tom bad. Hanks, it's yeah. not great. Yeah. yeah. yeah
1: it's, but uh, yeah, this was uh, this was good. Uh, good plot. Good uh, good acting and. Uh, forgettable probably in about two three years. But if you're if you a World War II person or you're just looking for something else...
0: Now, did you ever watch Dunkirk? Yes. Did you like it?
1: Dunkirk, I would have given a 3.75. One of those movies that I really enjoyed that I had no desire to ever watch
0: again. See? Okay. It's funny you said that because I give it about a 3.5. And, mm-hmm. and then I watched it again because Kalen loves Harry Styles and he's in it. So she turned it on one day. I'm like, fuck it, I'll watch it again. I enjoyed it more the second time. Yeah, I started paying more attention to it and and really listening to the actors as they're doing it. And I raised it about to three seven five. I enjoyed it. Now, what about uh night? What is it nineteen seventeen or whatever? Or what that one with the single camera takes? Yes. What do you think of that one? That's a great question too. It, so I, I it's gets two ratings, three for movie, four for cinematography.
1: Yeah. Three seven five sounds right. Yeah. Again, another. Yeah, because Dunkirk the same way, Be- beautifully shot in, in, in sound Be- editing. I mean, not to go too nerdy, but beautiful. And same with nineteen seventeen. When I watched again.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'll ever watch nineteen seventeen again. Um, Dunkirk, though, I tell you, the last like twenty thirty, it really does it for me. Like when the when the civilians start getting into it, the, the with that I mean, that's a good. It the the best part is, the,
1: the boat parade part is the best part of it.
0: Uh, the and Harry the,
1: Styles part was probably the worst part of it. Not Nothing with Harry Styles. No, was, he was perfectly fine, but yeah. that part's
0: eh. The uh, Tom Hardy part of it is pretty great, too. Oh, I'm going to fly over the streets. <laughs> yeah. so. Just knowing that he ran out of gas doing what he was doing, that was a pretty powerful part. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I watched one more thing on HBO Max. Okay, and I watched it today. Um, we've got an event coming up. I got out of I, on my staycation last week. You, you, I'm sure you know how this is. I had so many emails to catch up on, and we've got this big training event coming that I have to get an email, a C C event invite, a digital flyer out to everybody. So you can't like mass email people because they'll f- figure out that it's like, oh, you're I'm on a chain you gotta make everything seem personalized. Very good. sexy. Yes, sexy. Yeah, you gotta personalize everything. So today I about about 110 emails, which is mind numbing. Uh-huh. So you have to take a break when you can. You have to fill out your your you keep your brain sane when you can. Um, I'm a sucker for detective stuff and who done um, so
1: you watch Detective Pikachu.
0: I yeah, that's exactly right. I watched Death on the Nile today. Which yeah. is the sequel to the uh, Murder on the Definitely. Morning Express, yeah, yeah. and it's it's Kenneth Brogna does Agatha both. Christie, right? Yeah, now? Agatha Christie did both, but this is Kenneth Kenneth Brogna playing uh, Poro in both movies, d- written and directed by him in both movies. And the first one's very good. This one's much better. Um, it's got a lot of really great. It's got like Gal Gadot in it. It's got a lot of people too that you'll recognize, um, but. What I like about it is it reminds me of growing up with three channels and having to watch whatever's on TV when you're at your grandparents' house. Yeah. And you would watch those things like Gone with the Wind or those old Murder on the Orient Express or those old Who It's and stuff like that, only with modern cinematography and, and, and better grasp of dialogue. It's uh, traditionally acted in terms of the how people act in it, you know, and stuff, But it looks amazing on the Nile. And it's, you know, I didn't, going into Murder on the Orient Express when he did it, I knew the plot. I knew who the killer was. I knew what was going to happen. Obviously, they did some tricks with modern cinematography to make it look better. But this one, I had no clue who, what this story, I never followed it past that. Never really given much time to Agatha Christie, but man, it was a good movie. It was a four out of five for me. I loved it a lot. And, you know, I love Kenneth Brown in the movies I, from when he did Hamlet all the way up to I even enjoyed his He Thor. was great in Dunkirk. He was great in Dunkirk. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that was that's all I brought. But I got to tell you. I may have to give HBO Max a break for a little bit, except for the new shows, just because I just dove in a lot. So, there you go. Uh, what else? Anything else you got? We got time.
1: We got time. Uh, how do you feel about college basketball these days?
0: So, I'm a Duke fan. Uh, I'm a Mizzou fan and a Duke fan. Growing up, I fell in love with the uh, Christian Leitner era, the Grant Hill. The, yeah. And that... that when I really got into my own of playing basketball, that's when I got into basketball. Uh, I loved when they upset UNLV after they got blew out by UNLV. Um, so I'm happy of the swan song. I think Coach K's... It, it, two things about Coach K. One, he's an anomaly in how he got a lifetime contract. He's been super successful. He's been squeaky queen, clean. He's been a this like amazing ambassador for the game. Uh, two... I know that's all bullshit because Quinn Snyder came from Coach K, and that he, there's no way that Coach K had not cheated. Every college basketball coach has cheated in some way, form, or another, or you've not been good. That said, it's a pretty good swan song for, like, arguably one of the three or four greatest college coached, basketball coaches of all time. Oh, he's either he's one or two. Yeah, I mean, there there's an argument, you know, the, the argument that can be made is, is wooden, him. That's it. Yeah, that, I think that's it. But there's also the the uh, um, Dean Smith. A lot of people love Dean Smith. And then uh, yeah, that's that's it. it. That's probably the list. It's, I, I uh, it's it's, yeah. it's Woodner Coach K. It's Woodner Coach K. So that said, I only did one bracket this year. I'm sitting in third place, but my max points are pretty low. I only have one team in the final four. Um, but I enjoyed St. Peter's run.
1: Yeah, that's fun. What I liked about St. Peter's was, uh I read their endowment. Yeah, I'll take one. Their endowment, so, you know, how much money the school brings in and has, $35 million. Now, to put that in perspective, I believe SLU's is maybe a billion.
0: Yeah, it's, the, the numbers that SLU, I, can I know WashU's at least a billion. But the anyway, numbers so, I can give you for SLU is yeah. staggering. So,
1: St. Peter's College, probably what some of the Catholic high schools in the St. Louis area are. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They, the marketing
1: they, they the marketing they got they said I read an article would be worth hundred million dollars with the marketing that they
0: got. They canceled games because their roof leaked. They had to reschedule practices because the philosophy department butts up next to their yeah uh, courts, and when they have finals, they can't be practicing while finals were going. They have. I mean, they, they, they there's not one player in their team that was ever in the top 100 of recruits in, in, on a college basketball team. I mean, it was an unbelievable run for a team, you know. And this happens. Th- this always happens. It doesn't happen to the extent of a number 15 getting to the elite eight. Yeah, it Never happens right that far, but it happens in the in the uh, one and done era of basketball because a team like St. Peter's can get four senior starters and compete with the superstar freshman. Yeah. Um, but even that, it's not that as often as this and as amazing as what they did.
1: College basketball, and the reason I asked you was at one point in my life, probably... Right, probably when uh, you were talking about when Duke stepped on the stage and became a big deal. And I... Yeah. I don't... I want to... I don't like Duke, but I don't hate yeah. Duke because my hatred in my heart is for Kansas.
0: but Oh, yeah. Here's but, the thing. I told yeah. somebody. Yeah. I said, he goes, looks like you're you're doing okay, but I don't think you're going to be able to win. I said, here's my thing about my pool. I go, I, I, I wish I'd win, but if I don't win, the only thing I care about is fuck Kansas. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but the reason I ask is, when I was probably about 12 or 13, so for me... Basketball was my best sport.
0: When Duke was big, I was in sixth grade. That late New Years, that's when they started. So you would have been. In I was
1: ten, so I was in like third grade. Yeah. So I I would say from third grade to eighth grade, so ninety two to ninety six or seven. Behind the NFL, college basketball is my favorite sport. I watched a good run college loved basketball. It. Four or five years ago. College basketball is probably somewhere in my seventh or eighth uh, thing I followed. I, and some of that was, i know you know, you know well-documented on the show, uh, a big slew guy. Yep. I've probably been to more slew basketball games than any other sport. Uh, well, maybe buckle up my daughter goes blows.
0: there, because then we're going to go to a lot more.
1: They're <laughs> fun as fuck. But slew and Mizzou have been not great for so long. That's yeah. taken my design. And plus... With the the rules now, you don't have the Christian Leitner staying four years. You don't. You have guys one yeah. and done, and I don't think one and done has necessarily been bad for the sport. Really, I think it's been kind of a wash. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I, I feel though, when teams have the same players, that you start developing more interest in
0: the ratings. I don't think have fallen
1: necessarily.
0: But I think as long as there's gambling, there's always going to be good ratings. And always, if there's a March Madness, there's always going to be good ratings. I think the ratings probably have been the same in regular season. Yeah. Because outside of the marquee matchups, not really a lot of people pay attention in the regular season.
1: But, I mean, I, I used to watch a Duke-North Carolina no regular season game. Yeah.
0: And Missouri-Kansas now- and Missouri-Oklahoma, Missouri, yeah. I mean, always, there's always, because back in the day, Oklahoma used to always be good. And especially wa- when they were number one, in Mizzou beat them, and you know, hell, you were probably in college when that happened.
1: Yeah, I watched probably no joke, maybe an hour worth of Mizzou basketball this year.
0: Oh, it, it's because it's a bad product. It's a bad product
1: when they lost to MKC to start the year by double digits. Yeah, it's like,
0: well, why are fucking watch this team? Um, I'm with you. I I had a comment. Now, have you ever been to Chaffetz for Wilkins game? No, I've never been. We're going Bilkins. next year. Okay, field yeah. trip. Yep. Um, and we should take my daughter. Yep. Um. I so I I used it used I mean I used to be all thing college football college basketball NFL everything obviously having kids changed realigned my perspective I got a good friend been on this podcast Carter who used to talk a lot of shit like when I have kids they're not gonna I'm not gonna stop being a Duke fan I'm not gonna stop being this I'm not gonna stop being this. and I bet he dialed it back a little bit I didn't stop I just don't invest the time and care into it well, sports in general yeah sports in but I'm still a big time cardinal fan i'm still a big time nfl fan because i love those two teams and it's easier all right so let me ask you. That. it's harder to for me it's harder to get into college basketball
1: what what are your top three emotional investment teams right now in order
0: the cardinals number one yep okay yep uh the 49ers okay teams um Oh, boy. Uh, a third team... Well, the Blues. I mean, the Blues. Yeah, the Blues. uh, They went up that list, but again, they were up in that list because I moved here. Uh, Before I moved here, and I can tell you this, growing up down in South, Cape and South, it wasn't big-time Blues fandom. I mean... I mean, they were when they were. They're on TV and people. And if they're winning, people are like, when Gretzky got there, it was like, "I'm a Blues fan." Well, of course you are. Yeah, uh, Kansas City and all that. Not a Blues fans now. Now because of winning the Stanley Cup, everybody and their brothers are Blues fans sure. around. Uh, but I really do love the Blues. That was an emotional ride that I'll. My daughters will never forget. Therefore, I'll never forget it. Um, and certainly, when we're not on the air, and I can tell you about some. Negative connotations to come with that run and involving my work, which is uh, absurd. Um, and then after that, honestly, and this is not a joke, it might be the national team for the soccer teams. Yeah, like uh, I because we become such a, I've become such a big soccer fan, and luckily I've I've got a kindred spirit in you. Uh, since my daughter plays soccer, and I've know the players better than I've ever known them. I've invested in it. I certainly loved seeing them spank Panama. Um, we're going to make the World Cup. There's no way around yep. that. Uh, hopefully, Josh Sargent's on the World Cup team. I wouldn't uh, count on that. Yeah, I wouldn't count on that either. But I don't know why Bernhalter hates it. I don't know why, because he's not playing worse than some of the MLS players that are on the team. Yeah. In fact, he's playing much better. That's neither here nor there. Um, and I can tell you this uh, being a guy that is anxiously awaiting his scheduled date to go pick his two seats out at the. I'll probably be a St. Louis City SC fan.
1: I'm really curious how I'm gonna, how I'll feel five years from now about that team because a lot of people have said that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. Like I'm in the same boat. I don't think I'm gonna get tickets myself. I'm hoping my two other avenues I'll get. To,
0: well, you'll have me. I'll have always one. Yeah, I mean,
1: they've reached out to me, but I think I'm kind of low on the list, which is fine.
0: I've had my call. I know I'm on there. Now, that doesn't guarantee because for a 28,000-seat stadium, they sold 60,000. Yeah, so so who knows? But
1: And then it's like, yeah, I'll be into it, but then if they're bad, and then, then...
0: Here's the thing with the MLS, and this is an argument I made to other people. The only problem with the MLS is how good... I mean, having an MLS team is here. We are a very, very... And people I don't think that live in St. Louis don't know this. People certainly that are rich into soccer know how deep and what a wealth of talent St. Louis has and how many teams we have. Per capita, we have more soccer teams, youth soccer teams, than any state or city in the country. I mean, hell, my fucking daughter's club alone has 116 teams between the Illinois and Missouri side. It's the Crazy. largest... It's insane. And... Um, there's going to be hard, I and mean, that's your target demographic for the MLS. They're going to be playing at the same time MLS is playing. Yeah. That's going to be tough. Um, that said, the MLS is set up so in parity to where team new teams compete. Portland, Orlando, all these teams compete right out of the gate. Um,
1: it's a it's a Ponzi scheme, which is a problem. That is a
0: problem overall. So I think what will we, we, we'll really
1: make the MLS take flight, in my opinion, is and it's going to come eventually when they throw out the salary cap and just let teams go hog wild. Yeah, and it, it'll be it'll be sink or swim. Yeah. my My concern is it's not going to ever be the most talent and. Americans have a hard problem with that, when it's like, well, I'm already a Liverpool fan, and this is kind of this little pygmy thing over here. And then eventually, it's if they're bad, eight or ten years from now, if not sooner, you're going to see 5,000 people in that arena stadium, and it's <laughs> yeah, like, Yeah,
0: that is a fear, but that's not a fear for an MLS team. That's a fear in sports in general. True. And the t- that, that's the, the negative. The positive is, look, I'm a Billikens fan. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know how many Billikens sellouts have been to Shavez Arena? You know how many Billikens 55. were drafted
0: in the first round of uh, the MLS draft this past season? Well,
1: we're talking about soccer now. Well, yeah, a lot. Yeah, More, four. Yeah, you know, four. How many, many Billkin basketball players have been drafted in the first round of my yeah. lifetime? But I mean, for In terms Can you of who that, is? I mean,
0: no, I don't remember. Larry Hughes. Oh, Larry Hughes. That's right. Yeah, uh, but I mean, sorry, and I, and I, I missed your transition there. But, but
1: basically, but, um, it's a it's proof that the Billikens. They're never gonna win a national championship. And the year that they won the A ten championship in the regular season in, in the uh, tournament, they sold out about three or four games.
0: Was that with uh, Majerus? Uh,
1: it was Majerus' guys. Was the year after he died.
0: Okay, good coach though. Uh, it was Great coach. Utah, the Utah. He was coached out there for. He turned the program. Rick Van Horn back. out there, and then came over here, and Ooh, yeah. Man. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I'm. I mean, I could see myself getting behind that team because um, I'm going to have a vested interest in a daughter that looks like. Mean, it's
1: going to be the thing to do for two or three years.
0: Yeah, and, and, then and all I, they have to do <clears> is make <throat> the playoffs in their first three or four years, and then the people will go crazy. Yeah. And we got to have good players, and you can certainly get good players. I'm pretty and excited the about their goalkeeper. Yeah. It,
1: and hopefully it inspires the Cardinals to. I guess, I think the Cardinals are going to be a little nervous that next year because think about this. It'd be really interesting to see what the Cardinals do in twenty three, because that'll be the first year of the team uh, that will be drawing people away. Because look, I can't afford going to both a lot of yeah. games at both. And a lot of people will
0: be that way. And season tickets will be cheaper for MLS. <laughs> yes,
1: and you're going to be losing
0: pools. You know, I know we just got
1: him. Wainwright and Molina. Who's going to be drive? You know, who are people going to go see?
0: You got Arenado, Goldschmidt for two years. After that, I mean, yeah, it's going to be. Well, you baseball know. in general is in trouble. I'd be curious to see how they all. Well, I don't think they're in that much trouble. I think they're. I think I, I. don't think the big four really are in trouble. I think we've seen like lockouts. The NHL was really. Well, badly the, I guess
1: I define trouble as in our lifetime when you and I are grandchildren. Yeah. What what does baseball in the NHL look like? NFL and NBA will be fine. Yep. Yeah. NFL might have 40 teams by the time we're 7 years yeah.
0: old. Yeah. Yeah, I so people always say that you know the problem that America has with baseball is marketing it to youth and I still go to ballparks all the time cuz I coach. I see them sold out. I see oh, my which.
1: I coached 7-year-old uh, <sighs> baseball yesterday for the first time.
0: Yeah. It's fucking terrible. Uh, I had a good time with it. We did a. It, my team was good. I mean, we, but we, you know, you just. I mean, you really have to break down to the most simple fundamentals that you can. You also have to put your best player at the the first base pitcher and third base so you can cover home and first and third on the plays. That's all, all you right, need to do. Good, no, no. I'm not the head coach, but the head. You coach just need grounders like to pitcher to get home and get that force out. First force out at first, force out at third. That's where your big plays are. Bananas needs to work on his swings. Um, Thanks. Well, anything else this week we're looking forward to? I mean, just uh, give us out here. Let's let's wrap this whole thing up. Uh, what do you got going this weekend? I got jack shit. I don't have anything else. There's no Bender. There's no
1: Jay. There's just you. Hey, the Blues won five to two last night over the Canucks, and was it's it five to two? Seems very up and down, down season. Five two. Yeah, uh, very up and down season. Look, they're not going to make a Stanley Cup run. At least I don't think they will. But you know what? Hey, playoff hockey's the
0: when are they where are they gonna land real quick into the playoffs? What most seed are they gonna be? Like,
1: look, more likely than not, the blues are either gonna have they're gonna play the wild. Either home or away is still kind of up in the air. It could be somebody else, but most likely it'll be the wild, home or away. With the leak starting late with the COVID stuff, we're not gonna play off hockey till like May
0: first. What what seed will that put them at? they
1: will be the two or the three.
0: Oh, that's better than I expected.
1: Yeah, so they're either getting they're playing the wild. It's just a base well, there's still a lot of them up in the well, air. Well, before the playoffs. Let's say they're gonna make the playoffs. Where they they could be a seven or an eight too.
0: Yeah, it, it, but they'll make the playoffs. But what, what right. I'm saying is because they're gonna make the playoffs, what do we gotta tell them? We gotta tell them, let's go blue. And I will play the music. That's a good one. That's a good one. A <laughs> uh, yeah, bit more. Yeah, two more. Yeah.